Welcome to Bristol Bay Native Corporation's podcast series, Mug Up with BBNC. Mug Up is a term commonly used in the Bristol Bay region, specifically in the fishing community. It refers to getting together with friends and family for a casual gathering over a warm cup of coffee or tea. It's all about sharing stories, experiences, and connecting with one another. In this podcast, hosted by BBNC's communications team, you'll hear from BBNC employees, community leaders, and passionate individuals who are engaged in BBNC's mission of enriching our Native way of life. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Mug Up with BBNC. We're really excited to host two of our favorite Bristol Bay rock stars from Ooh. shareholder development, Carol Wren and Casey Sifsoff. Um, do you guys just want to do a brief introduction? Um, hi, I'm Carol Wren. Uh, my Inupath name is Esawakak. Uh, my family comes from Kikitagruk, which is Kotzebue, and I grew up in Chugyung in Dillingham. I've been here at BBNC for, it'll be 10 years in April. Woo. Uh, yeah, it's been an uh, awesome place to work, and I'm really happy to be sharing a little bit about what we do every day. Awesome. How about you, Casey? Yeah, uh, my name is Casey Sifsoff. I'm originally from Dillingham, Alaska. I was born and raised there. I also have family ties to Clarks Point, and I've been working here at BBNC going on almost nine years. So really enjoy working in shareholder development and excited to talk to you guys today. Yeah, we're excited too. You guys are two of um, my favorite people here at BBNC, and I love what you guys do in shareholder development. I think it's super important. So we're so excited to have you guys here today. Um, it's called Mug Up, our podcast. So, and we all have drinks. So why don't we just talk about like maybe what we're drinking? I'm drinking coffee because it's early in the morning. What about you, Carmel? Yep, <laughs> twelve ounces. <laughs> I made my own coffee this morning with our little espresso machine, so I'm having a latte mm. that I made. Mm-hmm. And I do not possess those skills to make coffee, so I bought my coffee and poured it in the mug. <laughs> so, <laughs> drinking a good latte. It's delicious. Love it. The shareholder development department does so much, we're going to break this episode into two segments. So we're going to record um, all of it today, but we're going to break it up just so our listeners can have a little break in between. But thank you guys so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. So for those that don't know, can you guys talk a little bit about what shareholder development is and why it's important? Yeah. So um, shareholder development really is all about our people. Um Shareholder development is a key department and function at BBNC. It's a part of our core strategic um, goals of working with shareholders, descendants, and spouses um, to help them really explore their career goals, to talk about job opportunities, to explore what training interests they may have, uh, and really just help them uh, explore what they want to pursue and how they want to be successful uh, professionally. Uh, So we offer a lot of programs that we'll talk about uh, today. Um, But really, it is all about um, hearing from young people. We work with youth all the way through uh, professionals who are potentially trying to transition careers. Uh, And so, um, and I do really uh, appreciate that we serve shareholders, spouses, and descendants Mm -hmm. uh, in the services that we offer. uh, And and we serve a a lot of folks every year, right? And no matter where they're at, uh, in kind of where, in their either education, uh, their vocation, 
we meet them where they're at and really talk about what those next steps can look like for them. Can you talk a little bit about the team members that are a part of your department and what each of them do, just to give a background for our listeners on what services are provided? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, I've been here 10 years. We've pretty much added one staff per year <laughs> for the time that I've been at BBNC. Um, so we started out as a team of one. Casey and I, she came on right after a year after I did. Uh, and, um, and then we've added staff progressively since then, really to ser- be able to serve more shareholders in the work that we're doing. Um, and as we grew programs, we needed more uh, uh, team members to really help deliver that service. Uh, so we actually right now uh, have a team of nine. Uh, we have one, uh, two in-region Dillingham-based staff um, that provide a variety of services. Uh, and we do culture camps. So we have a program staff that does culture camp. We have a recruiter uh, who does one-on-one just job assistance and recruitment for our companies as well as for positions that uh, we know our partner companies are uh, potentially recruiting for. Uh, we have a, a training manager, we have a program manager, uh, Casey serves as the director of programs. Uh, we more recently in the last uh, year have been exploring grant opportunities. Uh, BBNC itself is not a nonprofit, but has become eligible uh, for different grant opportunities uh, and uh, kind of post-COVID and different funding resources that have become available. Uh, BBNC thought it would be important to really look at uh, what grants it could potentially tap into to benefit our shareholders in our communities and so we have a grants manager uh, that works for us uh, and we um, and then also have a workforce development specialist that will be joining us so we have a great team of folks again that are providing lots of services. Um, can you guys both tell us a little bit about your background and what drew you to a career in shareholder development? For me, I have a background, um, educational background in psychology, and then also worked um, in education prior to coming to BBNC. And so I saw this position. I started off actually as a workforce development specialist and so saw an opportunity to work directly with shareholders. So what I'm passionate about is helping people to pursue their aspirations, right? Like what they're wanting to do and being a part of that experience, kind of that moment of impact that sets them on the right path is really rewarding for me. And so being able to work with shareholders, again, to help them pursue their goals so that they can meet the needs, not just for themselves, but for their families and, and so they can serve their communities. Like that's, that's what motivates me to be here. And you're currently in school, right? I am, yeah. I'm currently, yeah, finishing up my uh, my degree, my MBA at APU. Nice, <laughs> so close. Very close. <laughs> cool. How about you, Carol? Uh, so for me, uh, my uh, education background is actually in social work. I have a bachelor's degree in social work, uh, and I have a master's degree in vocational education. Uh, so actually, this job really has allowed me to kind of pull together both of those experiences, working with people and understanding where they come from, uh, while also really looking at how you help them uh, develop uh, personally uh, and professionally in whatever goals that they have. Um, I've had um, the opportunity, too, to go to um, APU for the uh, Alaska Native Executive Leadership Program uh, and then also learn a little bit more about tourism through some programs. So actually, in my time at BBNC, I've really felt fortunate to uh, 
again, in the work we do, we also have to pay attention to her own personal growth and development. As Casey said, she's pursuing her master's degree. Um, we really, uh, again, get to work with people and kind of see them in our, as our coworkers really grow in their education and work experience. And so for me, um, just like Casey, that's, that's my passion. You know, I really want to work with people and help them move from wherever they're at to wherever they're wanting to go. So that's really what drives us. And I feel like that really is what drives our whole team. Mm -hmm. uh, we get so excited. We have what's called, um, ring the bell, we have ring the bell uh, <laughs> which is, um, like on we Selling Sunset. I know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> so we actually used to, when we were smaller, we actually were close enough in our offices to ring the bell and mm. you could actually hear it and be excited about when someone got a job or they completed a training or they accomplished a goal. Now through technology, uh, we have it on our um, Teams page where Aww. we're able to share those success stories with each other because mm -hmm. uh, we know that that's what really drives us and we want to share that with each other. And then we actually work with you guys really well on showcasing those successes in our newsletter and in other places. So um, I think that is really what motivates our team overall. Awesome. Yeah, so let's um, move to like employment, kind of setting the stage for shareholder development. What does career exploration look like in today's market? I think that um, career exploration really is individualized, right? So like I said, we approach and work with people where they're at, right? So how you, how you, have conversations with someone who is freshly out of high school is going to look and feel very different than someone who has just recently graduated college or is in a career transition. Yeah. Uh, so those conversations about uh, what they either want to do next or what steps you take to get there, uh, you really have to kind of understand their their whole picture, right? In terms of, you know, are they willing to relocate to to somewhere? Um, what kind of um, advancements are they wanting to potentially make? Um, what are they willing to explore? Uh, if someone doesn't know what they want to do, uh, really it's, it's having really good conversations about what those options are and then giving people the time to actually consider those, right? You can't just have one session and be like, okay, now I know what I want to do. That's <laughs> not <laughs> realistic for most folks. Um, and so that career exploration looks like us doing uh, when we go to schools uh, and we work with students, it's really talking about what those options are. Uh, and there's so many options for young people, um, for anyone really, but it's making them aware of what those choices are and what tools they can use to really take those next steps. And so that exploration for them, uh, there's career fairs, there's different one-on-one um, -on -one career exploration activities we can do with young people to start getting them excited about what options they have in their future. Uh, for someone who's been in the workforce for a really long time, it's kind of understanding what they liked about what their career was and then looking at where they're trying to transition and what it's going to take to get there. And what can you use to really take those steps, right? So when I think about folks we've worked with, it's can we use an internship or um, a job shadow or a work experience to help them consider what those next options are? Uh, if they're considering higher education, like they maybe have a degree, but they need to, they want to transition to a different career. Well, what are what does it actually take for them to be considered uh, for those positions? Uh, and you can uh, connect them with someone that's in the work, uh, that's already been successful in doing the work to make sure it's really kind of the direction they want to go in. Or um, it's giving them materials about the job. Uh, we have a lot of tools like the Alaska Career Information System. You've got a lot of information 
with like LinkedIn, uh, with all kind of the job search sites. Uh, we use all of those tools um, when we're working with people to explore their careers. Uh, and again, right now, there's a lot of jobs open that are not really going filled. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, people want to do career transitions uh, in some industries. This is a great time to be able to do that. But uh, it really is from our approach a, a, an individualized process of exploring careers. It depends on where you're at in your career, whether you're really early on or uh, if you're kind of career transitioning and or even into retirement. We do have folks that are retiring and kind of considering like what else can I do right mm -hmm. in um, in our community and how, how can I contribute uh, so we tap into some of that too like even with um, we offer a culture camp like we're connecting with elders right on how they can connect with young people while that's not necessarily career specific it's giving to our community and they're mm -hmm. tapping into those shareholders to do those activities so um, even to some degree that's kind of career focused yeah I think just the main message of starting early, right? Like, so there's many opportunities for young people to engage in programs where they're getting exposed to different careers. And so just encouraging young folks to take advantage of those opportunities that are available through their school so that they can start to assess what they like, what they don't like, mm -hmm. so that they can ha have a better informed decision. Like once they cross that, that high school bridge, like what's beyond that, you know what I mean? So really looking at what the options are and I think Carol will probably talk about the CTE opportunities that we provide a little bit more when we talk about youth programs but just taking advantage of it mm -hmm. right and what's what's out there and what's available. Um, what are some common challenges that you guys are seeing people face today um, during job searches and how does your team help overcome those? Some of the challenges that we see they're not they're not new challenges they're challenges that continue to be difficult uh, for people today, but the biggest one, I think, is people are not tailoring their resumes when they're applying for jobs. They have a generic resume that they're submitting for each application, and if you do that strategy, it often doesn't get you through the door to the interview phase because they're wanting people who are taking the time to look at what the job description says, tailoring it to that job description so that the employer can see that they're the right fit for the job, mm -hmm. right? So that's the biggest thing is we work with shareholders to identify, you know, what reviewing the job description, what that tailoring needs to look like and offering that support to do resumes and also just practicing interview skills. That's another service that we provide because people either they haven't had an interview before or they're out of practice and so taking the time to practice so that they feel confident if they do get to that interview stage. I think some other challenges are uh, employment barriers relating to experience, um, like maybe they've made some poor decisions and they have a background that we have to work with and so that will sometimes limit the scope of the job search depending on what they're eligible to apply for. I think the other one is drug testing marijuana is legal in the state of Alaska and we run into that with employers where they still will not allow an employee to work um, if they do utilize marijuana and so having those conversations up front saying these are the requirements of the job can you comply with these requirements if not let's look at some other options right so mm -hmm. those are some of the the main challenges but we have staff that are here to support and provide that individualized service to shareholders so that we can help them reach their goals for for job obtainment or advancement 
And I'll just add, I think this isn't necessarily a challenge, but something that oftentimes job seekers don't tap into or take advantage of is kind of that adage of it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. Um, we're a net, the people that we connect with and the employers we're connecting with, we're a network of people um, who know other people. All of us in this, in this on this podcast right now have a network of people. Um, and oftentimes being, a, you know, we can push out lots of information about jobs, but it's actually talking to who you know, your relatives, your friends, um, and that network of people that you could tap into to say, hey, I'm looking, mm -hmm. do you know of an opportunity? And oftentimes it's timing, right? In terms of a job becomes open, it's like, oh, I, I know this person and I think they'd be a great fit. Um, and so to me, um, really taking the time, people just don't take the time to think about, oh, who do I know that actually would help me look, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because they're either afraid to say, I'm like, they're nervous to say that I'm looking or that I need help. That's mm -hmm. We, you know, for us, that's what we're here for. That's what our job entails, right? To be helpful in that process. Um, and it's, I think the other challenge is that if you are applying and you're not getting a response, it becomes really, um, defeating for mm -hmm. people and I yeah. think that part is kind of where we're here also is that our team is there to keep supporting you to keep looking at options to keep finding opportunities that will fit for wherever wherever a person is at uh, and so I think those are two areas that we're what we're trying to do is um, just keep encouraging because it's it's not always an easy process um, and again I think in today's job market because there's a lot of jobs it's a little easier to potentially find them but it may not be the right fit for you individually yeah. right and that's where we're that's what we're here for is to really try to find um, where we're at I think the other piece of it is we do work with people who are also already working looking for other opportunities mm -hmm. right so we have shareholders descendants, spouses who come and say I'm in a job I'm not happy in the job I want to start looking elsewhere right and so I think um, those are um, job seekers that we also enjoy working with in terms of okay what's not working in where you're at are there ways you can problem solve there to make it better and if not what are the next opportunities that you're looking for uh, and kind of really talking through some of that uh, that's not always an easy transition either um, that it can be challenging for people too so and um, time consuming yes yeah and I think that's where people get frustrated and or um just kind of down about the process. It's like, I'm not already happy, but then I want to transition to, and that's change and things like that. But um, but those are, uh, again, we, we work with folks that are not working, looking for work, as well as those that are working, uh, trying to find another job, and also those that are in a job who want to advance, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, those conversations, actually I was just in a call yesterday with someone who is in a job, they're having a transition now, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what does that mean for my pay? What does that mean for benefits? How do I have this conversation with this new manager that I'm gonna have? How do I emphasize certain areas that are important to me while also still feeling like I'm making the right transition and move? Uh, and having a sounding board and just someone to talk through that conversation with is, is a key, re that's a way that we can be a resource to people. Yeah, it's such a great resource because those are things you don't learn in school, you right. know? Mm -hmm. so. Something that just popped into my mind, and I don't know if we were going to get to it later, but is the WBNC Talent Bank. Can you guys talk a little bit about what that is? Because that's a pretty new, is that a pretty new resource? It's fairly new within the past few years. We've had different iterations of talent bank systems through applicant tracking systems that our companies use, but 
We made the decision to tie it uh, with our shareholder information system because that's a system that's constant uh, that we can populate shareholder information. And what's nice is that it connects to the portal so shareholders can go in and they can update their work history, their skills, their education, and then our team can see that we're reviewing people who are submitting their information. So that's an additional way to engage with the corporation. Even if you're not looking for a job right now, you might be open to something in the future. And so continuing to update your information on there is really helpful for our team as we we come across many opportunities, opportunities with our companies, but also a lot of external companies as well. And so we find it as a very useful tool and are trying to get more and more people to upload their information into the system, which includes their resume as well. Yeah. So say there's like an open job open for tourism, for example. Will you guys go into the talent bank and just search for people maybe who are looking for a job in tourism or they have like experience in that tourism industry and then send them an email or how does it work? Yeah, so what's nice about the system is that we can filter all those fields, right? So we can filter specific industry, we can filter people who are wanting to look for work, people who aren't ready to look for work right now, we have different options that they can select from and so we can narrow it down to a list Mm -hmm. that we can email out to or call them directly if necessary to let them know about any open opportunities. Nice. And they can sign up for that at Mm mybbnc.net. And if you're a shareholder or a spouse, you can also sign up um, at mybbnc.net. And instead of just clicking shareholder, you can click spouse or descendant, and you can still um, have a talent bank profile on, on the portal. The other important thing about it is that we have it as a requirement for many of our programs. And so... If people are interested in applying for an internship or to get some type of support through employment support or training support, that is a requirement that we have, that they have that completed. So it's just a good idea to get it done Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't delay any, like, application process time. Yeah. The other nice thing about it is if you have a resume, really the profile itself doesn't actually take that much time to fill out because you can upload your resume Mm -hmm. to the talent bank and then answer a few few more questions. Uh, And it is a main kind of place that we're looking for shareholder talent. Uh, But in addition to that, we also, um, again, have to keep in mind all the other resources that job seekers use to look for a job, right? So our staff is paying attention uh, to LinkedIn. We connect with our Bristol Bay Foundation to talk talk and connect with the graduates there and or active students. Uh, And then we have, as uh, shareholders are coming in, we have maintained a continued list of shareholders that way. So the talent bank is kind of the key place, but we also have to pay attention to all the other ways that job seekers are kind of looking for opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of resumes, do you guys help with writing resumes? We do. We can help with writing resumes. We can help with updating resumes. Oftentimes people just want to update in the format, making it look pretty, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Yeah. So we have a variety of services for resumes. Yeah. And I bring that up because um, years and years ago, I had applied for an internship, which we'll get into in a second. But I thought I would make my resume look really pretty and I would have a picture on there. And when, then when I started my internship, Casey helped me rewrite my resume. And I remember you saying, like, don't put a picture on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, employers can use it as yeah. a way to discriminate against applicants. Yeah. And so that's usually something that we discourage, unless it's industry specific. Like, if you're wanting to be in real estate, then that's probably a good idea. But mm-hmm. it does differ. Um, but most of the time, you don't want to put any 
like personal information and or picture of yourself on your resume. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Um, let's move into internship apprenticeships and on-the-job training. Internships are one of my favorite topics because mm-hmm. I did an internship in 2017 and it was a summer internship. It was for about three months and um, I was under Carmel in the communications department. I ended up having like six months um, left of school. So I went back and I graduated. And then when I graduated, um, I had gotten a job somewhere else, but Casey had reached out to me and was like, hey, there's a, you know, that that communications internship that you did, just so you know, they're hiring full time. And I was like, okay, I'll apply. And I applied and been here ever since. And (laughs) I just, I, I think about that. And if I didn't do that internship, I probably wouldn't be here today. So can you talk a little bit more about you know, internships, apprenticeships, on-the-job training opportunities, just kind of talk a little bit more about each of those. So internships has been a a program and a service that's been offered by BB&C for a really long time, in addition to its subsidiary operations. Uh, Internships, apprenticeships, and on-the-job training are all about work experience. They give people an opportunity to try out the job, Uh, whether you're in college and trying to explore if this is the right fit, if you're in a vocational training program, or if you're just brand new right out of high school trying to explore like okay what do I really want to do it really is just a way for uh, a job seeker to do the work like do it Mm hands-on check it out deal with a supervisor um, deal with coworkers, uh, deal with kind of the work environment Um, so uh, and then you know it's intended to give you meaningful experiences as well so it's it's trying out like the skills and the task you would do in that job to begin with uh, and so I think the other benefit to that, as you know, Kaylee, your success story for us, because it, your kind of the work that you were able to do by being successful in the internship, it showed uh, the employer that you are someone that we want to make sure we we attract back, mm-hmm. um, even if there wasn't a job right after your internship. Yeah. When that position became available, totally. you were identified right away, yeah. right for those opportunities, and that's why. Um, Internships are a great way to lead to a job, is that the employer gets to see you do your work. They mm-hmm. get to see how well you do it, what your strengths and weaknesses are, um, and that then lends to them automatically thinking about you uh, when an actual full-time or part-time or other job opportunity comes up. Uh, so uh, we offer um, internships uh, throughout the year. Uh, apprenticeships is a little newer to us. Uh, the model is similar, but the benefit of a pr- an apprenticeship is that typically it's um, a little longer than an internship. Uh, it's paid work while you're also doing uh, classroom time, right? So you've got, and I'll, the example I use is our IT apprentice program. We've been doing this for the last two years. Uh, we partner with Avtech. They actually provide the uh, instruction for the IT apprentices. Uh, we have a host employer who gives the, the person hands-on work experience in IT. The classroom time that they're doing is helping them towards passing the A-plus and Security-plus certification. So you're earning while you're learning. You're also taking classes, and at the end of the end of the time period, some of them, when you look at uh, different, like let's say uh, electricians, right? Theirs is a four-year apprenticeship, right? The ones that we've done are a little more, a little shorter in nature. Um, but there's different types of apprenticeships and we push those out on our social media all the time because it's a great way to learn while you're earning uh, a wage but also um, going through a particular education program 
uh, and I think it, it fits for a lot of different people. Uh, so the apprenticeship is another model we're trying to expand in. Uh, and then on-the-job training, again, very similar, but it tends to be very specific, right? So if you come in, someone comes in and says, um, I really just need to gain experience in this particular area, uh, and I, you know, they need an opportunity. You can't, when you go look for a job, there's no just on-the-job training typically listed, right? Those <laughs> things have to be created mm-hmm. uh, by uh, different organizations. Uh, and in this kind of market where it's challenged to find workers, an on-the-job training, an internship, or an apprenticeship is a great way to kind of get people in the door uh, that allows them to really kind of gain that experience and hands-on that then lends to future jobs down the road. So uh, it is basically really allowing the person to be exposed to the job, gain the experience with the intent that they actually get hired by that company at the end. The goal is hiring at the end of all of these. Uh, but it gives both the job seeker and the employer the opportunity to kind of check each other out. Like, is this the right fit? Is this really what I want to do? Is this person the right fit for the organization? Uh, It's kind of all of those kind of hands-on things um, that, uh, for the most part, have are are really positive, right? And um, if it's the right if the right fit, and um, both sides are really contributing to it. Yeah, and we have a couple of success stories for on-the-job training here at corporate, don't we? We do. We do. Um, I'll share uh, Polly Watson, one of our, uh, it's not her title's not coming to the top of my head right now, but uh, she's she was in a... I think she's the director of government contracting. Yep, yeah. there it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Been after so many people, I don't... Um, so she started out uh, in and on the job training. Uh, she had a paralegal background uh, and we needed that skill set. Uh, she started out in one position really showcased her skills mm-hmm. in our legal department and has since then grown into the job she's in now. Yeah. Right, that kind of introduction on the job training actually was quite short for her. It went, you know, she started out in the position and then the opportunity opened up and she moved right into a full-time job. Like it was way under a year yeah. that she was in the position. I think it was maybe six months. So yeah. uh, it's just a great way to uh, allow folks to get introduced to uh a career path that may be right for them and if it is then it tends to lead to a full-time job I think the other thing that we try to do in relation to like on the job training so sometimes we have current employees shareholder employees that will express interest of different areas that they want to develop and that they might not be able to do within their current role and so we look at what are all the other opportunities with other departments or maybe other companies within our family of operations that can help provide them the experience that they're looking for so that they can expand in their overall development too. So we do look at those opportunities uh, when we're asked and we're trying to connect with our shareholder employees as much as possible to really assess what their um, their personal and professional development goals are. Yeah, well, I'll say really quick, I did an internship like a long time ago, I think before it was even officially a program. Um, but these programs and experiences provide so much more than just like the work experience but as a shareholder who grew up in Anchorage um, you know my dad really is the one that got me like involved in the corporation and had me send my resume to BB&C to intern um, (laughs) for the summer but when you're in these programs, you learn so much more about the corporation, about our operations, because I did an internship at corporate and then in San Antonio at one of our government services companies. 
And I had no idea. And honestly, like, to some degree, I had no idea what BB&C even did except for pay a dividend, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that from so many of our interns that have gone through the program, like, in even our TWOW program, which we'll talk about later, but you get exposure to the behind the scenes and you learn so much. So I think it's just a really great program. I'll also plug that communications is always looking for an awesome intern. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that there's school is obviously super important, but there's only so much that you can learn in school. And I think that just having that like um, office experience is really important to not only put on your resume but also like to meet people to network to get mentors and like carol was saying everybody let's say everybody knows like 10 people those 10 people also know 10 people so i think the more people that you can meet and network with the better Mm -hmm. um just to add to that kayla too so as we talk about benefits for the internship program one of the things that we've developed um and it keeps developing every year is we do lunch and learn sessions. Well, they started as lunch and learns and now we call them Leadership Friday sessions. And it's another way for us to engage with interns and enhancing their experience here, right? So we're talking about different topics. Sometimes we've talked about ANCSA or mm-hmm. we've talked about you know, BB&C's structure and its goals and strategic plan. We've had people come in and talk about effective communication cultural presentations. So we're learning more about our rich cultures in Bristol Bay and that has been really meaningful and impactful for interns and that also helps expand their network right because they're getting introduced to people um, a lot of times outside of the organization as well so we try to also partner with other alaska regional corporations so that they're meeting other interns and continuing to just expand those opportunities so that's one benefit that's grown over the years yeah and you guys also do fun stuff like make a guduk which if you kind of maybe grew up in Anchorage and didn't know like what a Guduk was, that's like just such a cool experience to learn more about, you know, your culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to also tap into the, in terms of internships, oftentimes people automatically think it's only for college students. Mm-hmm. The program that we're running is not just for college students. It's at, like, again, we, we work with individuals that are on kind of a different range of where they're at in their career. An internship can be a way to explore a different opportunity that you're, if you're wanting to make a change. And so I think that that, um, I hope that that folks realize that, that you can be in a position, have been in a career for a little while, and just because it's called an intern doesn't, internship doesn't mean that it's not meant for you, right? Like it's just a, if you think about it just as a work experience that allows you to transition, um, it has, worked for many people to actually make that kind of career change is that it's exposing you to a work experience a network and other opportunities that allow you to then kind of go in the direction you want to go in so and we've been really intentional about that whereas it's not you know some programs will say you have to be a college student you have to this Mm -hmm. there's some very specific requirements Um, we really broadened that definition of who can be in our in our internship program very intentionally yeah also our internships are paid which is nice yes um and then we not only offer internships to shareholders but also spouses and descendants and also all across we have subsidiaries across the world 48 so i know my cousin ended up going down to um, the world 48 and that was just a super cool experience for him Mm -hmm. um so yeah just a ton of cool super cool opportunities we also have had shareholders uh take advantage of we, we haven't really coined it as a program yet but there's 
a lot of intent of people who are going in industries in which we operate. So accounting, for instance, we've had a shareholder who completed several internships while he was going to college. And after completion of his degree program, the company wanted him, right, because he had been exposed to accounting and also HR. So they groomed that individual, right, to what they needed that position to be, the skill sets that they needed. And so that's just another model uh, that we're seeing trend in of people taking advantage of multiple opportunities and continuing to grow their experience so it doesn't necessarily have to be a one-time opportunity. You could maybe go to the lower 48, like you said, Kayla, or you can see what it's like at corporate. We have a variety of opportunities available, and then we also partner with external companies to provide internships as well. Yeah, and those are both in region and in Anchorage and potentially in other locations. Yes. I love that. Good job, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I've just seen that program grow so much, you know, from back when I was a random person interning both in corporate and at SpecPro, but now it's like an official program and you guys provide so much resource and um, services to uh, the interns that it's really cool to see and all the awesome success stories that are coming from it. Yeah. I think the other cool thing about the internship program, too, is it's not always in an office environment, right? Like, we've had interns on the North Slope. We've had interns in the field with our tourism companies. And so it can be a very hands-on type internship. We do have a lot of office opportunities, but that's not all it is. It's very diverse. I'm envious of our culinary interns. Yes. So we've had them do culinary training, and then they get to rotate across all three of our lodge operations. Mm -hmm. Within that, they've kind of taken the skills that they've learned in their training, but then they get to experience the different ways that the head chefs kind of lead their teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they go to one location for a week, they go to the next one for a week, and then the next one for a week. Uh, and it's just, a again, a rich experience for them because they get to experience three different supervisors, three different kitchens, yeah. three different sets of kind of coworkers that they're working with, while just kind of while also building their resume, right? Because they're in that job for that period of time, uh, and this program just allows to facilitate that, mm-hmm. right? That do, that doesn't just happen. Uh, you have to actually create that opportunity. So, so we get fun being able to create those right. things. And who doesn't want to spend the summer at lodges, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, do you guys have any advice for folks that are interested in exploring any of these programs? You know, number one, apply, right? Yeah. Um, we just encourage you to um, stay in touch with us, to kind of be aware of when those opportunities are posted and to apply. Um, and, you know, re- really when you are in those programs, just engage, kind of mm-hmm. take full advantage of kind of everything that is there. Um, it, you get into it, um, you get out of it what you put in. Mm-hmm. And so Definitely. I think um, there's, again, when those opportunities arise, um, Ask questions if you're nervous about it, but just, you know, kind of jump in and, and give it a try, I guess is my advice. Yeah. I think that's the only, um, everyone that we've kind of, we've engaged with really has had some benefit from it. Yeah. Is there a deadline coming up for, or applications being posted soon? So we are currently recruiting for winter internship opportunities, and then in the spring, um, probably, well, actually probably in February, we'll launch the summer internship opportunity application so we have a variety uh, that we're working on right now but winter internship applications are open so we definitely encourage folks to apply 
Yeah. And then it's like summer slash fall, right? Correct. It's kind of um, flexible. It is flexible. Like Carol said, we have applicants that, you know, range from all over. They're not just going to college. Mm-hmm. So it really does depend. And it's also what the operational need is. Some of yeah. our placements don't have the ability to host in the summertime based off of what they're working on. And so we try to be as flexible as we can with those opportunities. And the apprenticeship and on-the-job training tend to be posted kind of when the mm-hmm. opportunity is created, right? right. It, it just takes some time to work with those employers, whether it's our companies or a partner company, to create that, look at kind of the timing and the recruitment of it. And so um, just encourage folks to uh, pay attention to our social media or stay in touch with our team about uh, when those opportunities are available. All righty, ladies. Well, thank you so much. Um, we are going, like Carmel said, this is a lot of information. So this is part one out of two. So stay tuned for our next episode, part two, and we will talk more about leadership development, about training and financial support, about one of my favorite topics, youth programs. Um, so stay tuned. Bye, guys. Bye. We are the legacy of our elders, each of us unique, with gifts to give and histories to make. Our resilience will carry our voices forward to build the future our elders imagined. We are the next generation of Bristol Bay Native Corporation shareholders, and we share so much more than a corporation.